Welcome back to another episode of the You Could Drop It podcast. Today's episode was taken from Alana's IGTV where she talks about reframing thoughts on emotional eating, suggestions for coffee creamers, what to do if the family has temptations around the house, and how to deal with the frustrations with the scale. It's going to be another great one, so let's get to it. exciting day so I figured I'd do a little Q&A. So go ahead and populate your questions. I have my coffee here, decaf, because I already had my energized for caffeine, my favorite thing ever, and I'm happy to answer every question. You may have weight loss, mindset, um, skincare, whatever you like. Uh, go ahead, ask questions, share your successes with the 2B Mindset with my book. You can drop it. Where is it? I should have it right here. Um, with my book, if you've read it, any questions, any recipes you've loved mine, whatever it is, I don't go live enough on Instagram. Um, and I'm so happy to help. Okay, great question. Mamas with muscles. Best way to reframe emotional eating episode. What an amazing question. Best way to reframe an emotional eating episode is to use it as a learning experience. The first thing people do when they have an emotional eating episode is go right into guilt and shame. And not only is that unnecessary, but it actually backfires. Because if you have an emotional eating episode and you go right into guilt and shame, you're actually not using the episode as a learning experience of how you're going to prevent it in the future. And you need to, right? Because if you don't discuss history, analyze history, and create a new system for the future, it's just bound to repeat itself. So I think that is the biggest issue people have on emotional eating rather than you know, wanting to just pretend like it never happened and bury it in the sand, you have to lean into it and and ask yourself why it happened, how you could have prevented it, what you would have done differently, and so forth. And the most powerful thing a person can do, one of the most powerful things I did in overcoming being an emotional eater is I continue to have emotional eating episodes, right? Because I emotionally ate for 20 years. It's not something that just goes away in a day. I always say that, right? But the most powerful thing a person could do is not avoid emotional eating altogether because, I don't know, that's probably impossible, especially when you get hit with transitions and waves and things like COVID and so forth, because we eat throughout the day and our emotions are throughout the day. So you're bound to have some emotions around your eating, right? Um, So don't try to be like, it's never going to happen again. But one of the most powerful tools I can give you is while you're emotionally eating, like in the moment, like, you know, you go from sweet to savory, you got your pretzels, your chocolate chips in the pantry, the cheese balls, whatever it is, in the moment, put it down. I think the craziestly unnecessary thing people do is, I already started, I might as well keep going. And that is literally just going to continue to feed into the habit loop of the whole scenario, get you to the point where you feel like ill, then all of the you know negative cycles fit in and you're just bound to repeat it. So one of the most powerful things you can do as an emotional eater is, I talk about this a lot in my book, is in the moment, in the moment of emotional eating, be like, emotional eating is not okay. My issues and emotions are not going to go away from eating these next couple of bites. I need to drop the fork, drop the fingers, 
and I need to maybe make a tea, make a coffee, drink some water. I need to get out of the kitchen. I need to get out of the pantry. I need to get out of this eating episode. So try that as the first step. I think a lot of people have this lofty goal of I'm going to just completely stop emotional eating and you want to, you know, wave a wand and expect any diet program or plan to just remove it from your life. But it's clearly a habit and a cycle that you've integrated into your behaviors for so many years or months or whatever it's been. So it's going to take doing things that are uncomfortable to help you break out of that cycle, which does include actually stopping midway and coming to the realization of, I'm emotionally eating. I'm not really hungry. This is not physical hunger. This is something else. Dropping it, whatever it is, and and removing yourself from the situation. And that's definitely a surefire way to make this something that's an issue of the past versus have it continue to be in the future. Okay, great questions, great questions. Do you have any advice for siblings who like to eat junk food, but you're trying to eat better? Love you, love you. Um, it's definitely difficult when you have several people in the home with all different nutrition goals, right? I have kids in my house who love junk food. I try to eat um, healthier food constantly. It definitely is a fine balance. Um, I'd say for the people who need to accomplish the health, health should always win, right? The person with the health goals and the need to be healthy has to win, right? Because there are so many junk food temptations the second you walk out of the house, so why does the actual house have to be a candy store, especially if there's someone in the house who has, you know, real goals they're trying to accomplish, especially if the candy and everything is continuously acting as a trigger for that person. So obviously we don't want to alienate and isolate people who can have balance and things like that. So what I do in my house is I try to get healthier versions of sweets for my family that I purchase at like Thrive Market or make my own. Um, and I really go for things that don't tempt me. So it's kind of like a win-win. They're having their junk food, but it's a little more wholesome. It doesn't have any artificial sweeteners or colors or flavors, right? But it's still super satisfying and delicious. Try to find things with a little more fiber and protein for them so they're more satisfied and they're not just eating, you know, blatant junk food because it's so unnecessary to have in the home, even though they probably find it, you know, elsewhere. And then for me, it works out because those foods aren't, tempting and don't really throw me off. Great questions. Oh my God, there's so many. Um, I'm just going to go by which ones I see. Okay. What do you do if you really want something, but no, it's not good for you? Oh, such a good question, but you really want it. Krista, this is such a good question. I just heard an amazing line yesterday. Oh God, I don't want to butcher his name. What's his name? Itzler. What's his first name? It's a Sarah Blakely's husband. Poor guy. He's Jesse, Jesse Itzler. He's like so successful. And I think a lot of people know him or a lot of women who love Sarah Blakely know him as Sarah Blakely's husband, but he in itself is a brilliant um, thought leader. And he had a great line I heard yesterday, which was, uh, remember tomorrow, remember tomorrow, right? And he had it as a business standpoint, right? Like you want to go on a sales call that's an hour and a half away and you really just kind of want to lay in bed. But think about tomorrow when someone else gets that sale and you don't, right? And I thought that was such a good analogy. And I think of everything for nutrition and weight loss. So I was like, wow, that really applies to someone who's like, I really want this thing. I really want to just pound a burger and fries and go for some chocolate cake afterwards. 
but remember tomorrow, right? Remember tomorrow how you're going to feel. Remember tomorrow how you're going to feel like buttoning your pants or going on the scale or, you know, setting an appointment to go see the doctor and have to check everything, right? Remember tomorrow how you're going to feel. And I think that's so important um, because obviously that works in helping to resist temptation, but remembering tomorrow for me personally helps me stay motivated for self-care. So obviously remembering tomorrow helps you reduce temptations. But for me, when I chop up a bunch of cucumbers um, for the fridge or chop up a bunch of peppers or like make a hummus and hard boil a ton of eggs, like make a couple sheet pans of chicken and you know roasted zucchini or cauliflower or whatever it is, one of my recipes, it's not that I want to. I think a lot of people think I like to cook. I don't. Um, I don't. I don't like to be in the kitchen all day. I have no interest in it. It's definitely uh, what I do to help show people how to do, make it quick, easy, and and healthy and whatever. But I don't like. I I see clients all day. I'm in business meetings all day. Um, I have two kids. Like do a lot of other things. I don't want to be slaving in the kitchen at the grocery store and planning all that stuff. I don't think anyone really does unless you're amazing. Um, but uh, for me, it's like I'm thinking about tomorrow, right? I just don't want to be stuck tomorrow opening the fridge and not having any like cooked cauliflower rice. And I just see like raw broccoli frites and they're not roasted and easy to grab and dip in, you know, a yogurt ranch. Like I, I always try to think about tomorrow. So um, really, really recommend that uh, line. I think it's really brilliant. Okay, someone's saying, any ideas for a breakfast swap for eating like a muffin? Great, great, great question. Um, I think you're going to laugh if you have not seen the Mindset Membership, which is my ongoing Beachbody program. Like, It's a monthly amazing program loaded with incredible value. I do one-on-one sessions and I do live office hours, but every single week we come out with two new recipes. And if you look at our breakfast section, you are literally going to like pee your pants because we have breakfast brownies. We have a breakfast peach bread pudding, like peach bread pudding with um, like vanilla cream on it. We have zucchini muffins that a lot of people pair with like scrambled eggs or yogurt in the mornings. Like we have so many like sweet treats. We have a peanut butter breakfast pie for breakfast. It's a peanut butter breakfast pie that has over 25 grams of protein in it. So if you like sweets in the morning, like muffins and croissants and and all those things, cupcakes, whatever you go for, I definitely recommend trying the Mindset Membership uh, because the first month is free and you get all of our recipes we've ever done prior um, and all the content where I talk about the five kinds of hunger and emotional eating and, and best takeout food tips and so forth. So you could definitely try that and get all of our recipes. Um, Okay, other questions. Any great swaps for a coffee creamer or coffee mate? Um, I know I can have low-fat milk, but it's not my favorite. I love coffee creamer, okay? I love coffee creamer, um, and there are so many great coffee creamers now. So my best tip on coffee creamers, if you are trying to lose weight and reduce your intake of you know, saturated fat and excess calories and sugars that are in things like coffee creamer, I definitely recommend doing my trick, which is, I mean, I don't know if you can tell, but I like a pretty light colored coffee. I do like, I do like a little creamer. I'm not going to lie. So what I do is I do coffee, which in this case is decaf because I have energized for caffeine earlier or otherwise I'd be buzzing off the wall. Um, But I do coffee to here and then I do unsweetened almond milk here to help like 
cool the coffee down, give it some color, and then I can enable, then I'm actually able to stick to the splash of creamer um, because the unsweetened almond milk helps like balance it out. If you like a light colored sweet coffee like I do and you don't, you know, kind of cut it with unsweetened almond milk, you're bound to go for literally an eighth a cup of creamer without realizing it. I've gone into my clients' kitchens before. I asked them to show me what it looks like when they make a coffee. It's so much more than you think. It's so much more than a splash. Um, so I definitely recommend that trick. Uh, definitely recommend finding a coffee creamer that has less artificial ingredients. Some great brands, Califia Farms, Nut Pods, um, Trader Joe's brand, Whole Foods brand, they all have really good coffee creamers. Love them all. Um, and I actually have one I really hope to work with soon that has insane flavors and no artificial ingredients. So stay on the lookout for that. Um, so many people say that they use Premier Protein Shakes as coffee creamer. I see that all over TikTok. I think that that is definitely, definitely um, something. Oh my God, someone said, come into my kitchen. Um, okay, someone said, does water with lemon juice count or green tea count as water intake for the day? Um, does it have to be straight water when it comes to something like water with lemon or tea? You can totally count that to your water goal. I really recommend to go for water. I have always a jug nearby. This one says more water, more weight loss. Um, this is a 40 ounce one. And I really try to hit water throughout the day and then go for things like sparkling waters and teas and all that stuff as extra. Because the minimum water goal that I talk about in my book and the 2B mindset is really half your weight in water ounces per day, which is like if you weigh 150 pounds at 75 ounces a day, which is really only two of these. It's not a lot. I know it sounds like a lot to you if you're not a water drinker, but the more water you drink, the more you realize like, wow, how did I survive without it? Um, and you'll probably be able to drink more. So that's the minimum. So, you know, feel fine having two and a half of these if that's your minimum or two, or two of these plus tea um, because that would be great. Okay. Um, someone said, how am I? I'm good. Today's an exciting day. Um, I'm on the doctors. Um, Beachbody has exciting news. It's just all good stuff. Um, someone's saying, Julian is saying, Woo. Um, I'm trying to be positive about the scale, but it's so hard when I feel like I've been doing so well. Yes, the scale can be super frustrating if you feel like it is going up and you're doing well. But when you practice going on it, more consistently for a long time and you're actually writing down your food every day with a to be mindset tracker and you're not counting calories but you're just being mindful like you see how much i just scribble scrabble throughout my tracker um if you're just mindful of what you're eating then when the scale goes up with practice and time and you'll see working with me with the mindset membership i do these one-on-ones where i analyze people trackers I mean, for me, it's like a game. I love it. I love to work with a private client, see trackers and why they're gaining weight and be able to solve it for them really quickly. But as long as you're writing down your food and you're using the skill, you'll always be able to figure out, I didn't drink enough water. I didn't eat enough veggies. I had, you know, way more snacks and nibblets of foods throughout the day that I didn't need. And it usually becomes obvious. So I know it's like easy to get frustrated with the scale. But again, it's like when someone's saying, how do you reframe emotional eating? Try to go logical with it, right? So when you gain weight, like I went up a lot of weight today, okay? From yesterday, I, I, I had a weight gain day today, all right, based on yesterday. It was like, duh, I ate too much breakfast, I ate too much lunch, and I ate too much dinner. <laughs> so I knew it was going to go up. I didn't think it would go up as much, but 
they'll go down. You could always lose your weight as fast as you can gain weight, and these fluctuations are kind of inevitable. The good news is, if you go on the scale once a week, twice a week, or whatever it is, these fluctuations that might be like really annoying and aggravating to you because it's two pounds or one pound or three pounds or half a pound, just know it's nothing compared to people who I speak to for the first time who have not gone on a scale for a single year. Go on the scale because they're meeting with me or they have a doctor's appointment or they don't fit into any of their clothes and they see a 60 pound weight gain, which is a brand new client I had yesterday. She gained 60 pounds in 12 months. And you know my reaction? My initial reaction was, I get it. I would have gained 60 pounds in 12 months too. It's really easy to gain five pounds a month. If you're not going on the scale, you have no accountability. You have a bunch of kids and you're working and it's COVID. Like it's just really easy to gain five pounds a month. Um, so as much as like the scale can frustrate you when you're going on it and you think you had a, you know, a day where you had a salad or drink some water and it goes up, you also kind of have to be sensible about it of like, I'll go down. What can I learn from it? What can I do tomorrow? And really then look at like week to week as overall progress. So I hope that makes sense. Um, okay. Have a couple more minutes until my next client. Um, someone's saying that hits home. I've gained 40 pounds this year. There's literally no judgment from me. Um, I used to gain 50 pounds every single school year for like five or six years. So if you don't know about me and my background and I went to, I was sent to weight loss fat camp as early as eight years old. My doctor and my parents sent me away for nine weeks as an eight year old girl, which is crazy. My daughter's turning six and the idea of her leaving for two and a half months in the summer because she has to lose weight and her health is at such a high risk is like daunting to think about. Um, but I was sent to camp. I would lose 30 pounds on this highly regimented plan where I was, you know, forced to exercise like eight plus hours a day and all these things. And I had to go to nutrition classes and there were therapy classes and this whole thing. I'd lose 30 pounds. I'd feel great and take an after picture. And then I would literally go home, return to my habits. And between August or September 1 and June 1, I would gain 50 pounds. I would gain 50 pounds in 10 months, like year after year. So I'd go to camp every summer, lose 25, 30 pounds, and then I'd gain 50. It is so easy to gain weight. Um, so please don't have any shame about it. If you haven't really been doing the 2B mindset, if you haven't really been tracking, if you haven't really been following the principles um, or having any sort of accountability, like using the scale or, or seeing a nutritionist, or all those things, it's so easy to gain 40 pounds in a year. So I don't, I know that for some people that feels discouraging, but for me, it's just like a realization. Like I did it too. I just kept yo-yoing and gaining tons of weight until I realized like, okay, so all these foods that I keep eating to gain 50 pounds every school year are, that I'm calling my comfort foods are clearly not comforting, right? They're really not comforting because they make me super uncomfortable in my life and my abilities and my health and my clothes, all of it. And that really helped me reframe my thinking and being like, wait, but if I eat like loads of vegetables and I really stick with the lean proteins and I, I find ways to, instead of having pizza, have spaghetti squash pizza, and instead of having loads of fried rice takeout, having a huge load of like cauliflower fried rice takeout, and I could actually see it go down or stay the same and feel healthier and see my cholesterol go down and, and have my doctor tell me I'm no longer at risk for diabetes and all these things, like that's actually really comforting. So 
I know you might feel defeated by the scale, but you always want to focus more on effort than outcome. And seeing that reaction to these quote unquote comfort foods has actually been the most life changing thing for me. People ask me all the time, how do you stay motivated? Well, I was incredibly uncomfortable and insanely unhealthy. And I want to avoid that going back to that at all costs. Um, and then people ask me all the time, like, do you really love eating healthy food? I mean, I like to eat food that doesn't even feel healthy. <laughs> like I like to eat food that's like has, you know, it's maybe broccoli, but I use a little butter and I use salt and I crisp it up in the oven and I'm not afraid to toss it up with like my Thousand Island recipe from this book and and it's really comforting. I eat it with my fingers, I dip around, like I have lettuce wrap burgers instead of bun-based burgers and it makes me feel really full, it makes me feel really satisfied and it keeps me in a place that I'm really happy with. So um, I really think so much of it comes down to your mindset and whether you're focusing on struggling and the difficult and the temptation, rather than using your history as a means to build a system that's actually getting you the best of both worlds. Um, food that satisfies you, you know, a body that you're proud of, abilities and a future you can think about um, in an amazing way, um, because we really all need to take on that mindset. It's just not even an option anymore. Um, so... I definitely feel the way. Um, someone's saying lost four and a half pounds in five weeks. Um, listen, if, if you only had to lose a couple of pounds, four and a half pounds in five weeks is incredible. By the way, anytime a person's losing weight and is frustrated, like, oh, I only lost eight pounds this month. I wanted to lose 15. Think about the alternate, right? Think about what you did two, three months ago. So let's say you, you lose five pounds this month and you wanted to lose 10. What did you do the previous months? Did you stay exactly the same? So you're comparing staying exactly the same to losing five pounds this month? Or were you actually on a trajectory of gaining four pounds a month or three pounds a month, which is super easy to do. And now you lost four and a half pounds a month. So the difference is really a split of like eight pounds that you lost this month because you had to change an incredible amount of habits in order to see that kind of success. So a lot of this comes down to mindset and perspective. And also there's really no race to weight loss. Like I lost my hundred pounds, but I've been keeping it off for like 10 years uh, through having children and all these things. If I was so obsessed on like, I need to lose my hundred pounds in two minutes, I would have just gained it back and had all those struggles to deal with now. So if you're losing five pounds a month, that's amazing. That's like truly amazing. While eating a lot, living your life and feeling fulfilled and satisfied, like please try to get a sense of perspective here. It's it's amazing to be good to your health and body. And for anyone who's saying it's, you know, not only about weight loss and it's it's also about health, just so you know, I'm on the board for the American Heart Association. It's the number one killer of all men and women in America. Heart disease kills more men and women than all cancers combined. Then heart, then um, lung cancer combined with breast cancer, all of it. Heart disease kills more Americans than all cancers combined is 80% preventable. And according to all the research from the American Heart Association and so forth of the top five things you can do to prevent heart disease, the number one killer of men and women in the United States, one of them is managing your weight. So yes, you can be healthy at a bigger size for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I was plenty healthy, 20 pounds heavier as well uh, before I broke through my plateau and got to this weight. But there, it, you can be healthy at a larger size. You can't necessarily be healthy at 
any size, um, because according to the American Heart Association, it does put us at a higher risk of heart disease, our number one killer, that is 80% preventable. So I don't want you to ever do any extreme plan that makes you feel deprived, sad, frustrated, and so forth, because if you're trying to lose weight that way, you might as well just stay bigger, because that's also really bad for your mental and physical health. And yo-yo dieting is way worse than just staying bigger, because um, it just causes so much inflammation to the body, just doing fad diet after fad diet. Believe me, I was there too. Um, but if you can lose weight in a simple, sensible, and sustainable way, I highly recommend doing it, because it's really good for all of us. Okay, I have a client starting now. I love you. This was so much fun. Um, I'll post the recording. So if anyone missed the beginning, um, we had such good questions. Coffee creamers, all of it. Uh, love you so much. Someone's saying my healthiest pregnancy on 2B mindset. Feel amazing. Thank you. Yay. Someone's saying down 7.8 pounds in a month. All right. You guys are great. This was so much fun. Thank you for joining.